Ah, deep breath in. This has been an exciting week. So many fun things. Incredible guest. Every time a guest comes on, I say, oh my God, this was the best guest ever. And they just keep getting better and better. Maybe it's because we're at the 100th episode. <laughs> I don't know, but coming out of the woodwork. And so I like to have a little bit of an opening after I recorded my guest to give you just a little bit of insight. And what can I tell you about Malik? Oh, well, and I want to spoil all the surprises. What a fascinating young man. He has accomplished so much in his life. He's only 33 now. And he was so humble. You know, while speaking with him, first of all, when we were recording it, I was wishing I had a wine in my hand, but I don't do wine in the afternoon. Otherwise, I'd fall asleep. It just makes me so sleepy. But the love and the passion he has for what he does is incredible. Incredible. Yes, he owns a winery out in California. That's all I'm going to tell you. But his journey is amazing. The way he speaks about his life and what he wants to do in the world with wine. I mean, even if you hated wine, you would want to go and get yourself a glass of wine. And one of the funny stories that was in there, I hope it's still there. I didn't cut it out by accident, was about him making a new wine. I think it was a Melbeck. And his wife was smiling or laughing at him because he was sitting there just sniffing it for like 15 minutes before he even took a sip. That's someone that embraces wine. And you definitely want making your wine. So I know you will enjoy it. Spread the word. Subscribe. Like. Write a review. Share. Let's spread the joy. This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Today's podcast is sponsored by the Florence Belsky Charitable Foundation, which was founded in 2003 by Florence Belsky, a pioneer, attorney, mentor to many, and positive aging activist. The foundation's main programs are First Mondays, Women Who Lunch, and Pick Three, a virtual mentoring program which connects advisors. The foundation has over a thousand global advisors of all ages and has hubs in all major U.S. cities as well as international cities all over the world. The foundation has been developing virtual resources to help people during the current pandemic on its website, www.flowbellangels.org. The latest program is a virtual women's network called Women Who Lunch 2.0. For more info on that, see www.flowbell.org. Oh, I am so excited and sad, people. You know how much I love wine. I love, love, love wine. And my next guest, he made me pull out all my pictures from my trips to Napa Valley. 
It's so beautiful. I want to be there right now, just cruising. But that's all right. I'll live vicariously through Malik. Let me tell you about Malik. You know, I heard him already. So when I heard him before, it was on first Mondays that I did with my palsy, Dan Snyder. I was like, I got to get this guy on. His story is just fascinating, not just because of the wine. So let me tell you about Malik Amrani before I bring him on. He was born in Morocco and went to med school <laughs> at age 16. He went homeless for a bit at the age of 17 to the owner of the Weiss, the Vice, by the way, the Vice, a Napa Valley winery. And he's now 33 years. He is, oh, whoa. He is a current team USA triathlon athlete. Ooh, close to my heart. Welcome, Malik. How are you? Very well. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Sandy. Oh, it's, it's going to be fun. All right. So first thing, got to dive into what I ask all my guests. I love words and I love journaling and I love, you know, thinking about what word I want to embody that day. So I want to ask you for the past 30 days, let's say, what word would best describe the emotion that you felt? I know everyone's saying, oh my God, Sadie, these are such crazy times. They've been all over the place. But just in general, the biggest word you have in your head. Um, an emotion or just a word? A word, a feeling, a word, anything to describe your last 30 days to you. Some people have said, you know, limbo, <laughs> anxiety. Enlightenment. <laughs> I hear a lot of light these days. So what did you say? What was the word? Enlight enlightenment. I love it. Enlightenment. Well, that's a good word. Why enlightenment? I've, somehow I've been hearing a lot lately um, uh, that that word like light, light, light. Um, it's being used in a lot of metaphors um, in many yeah. aspects, in in wine and everything. Oh, okay. I've heard somebody last week uh, describe a new vintage of Dom Perignon Champagne as there is light in it. And, ah, uh, yeah. So. The last 30 days, would you say, have been fun for you? Oh, a lot of fun. Really? Oh, my. Every day. <laughs> I am so happy to hear that. So have you been traveling and adjusting even with, you know, the quarantines going on? Have you been able to get around? Yeah. So um, uh, our industry... All of it was deemed essential since day one. So I really did not stop traveling except for the month of April. That was the only time where I stopped traveling outside of the state of California. But I've been going back between L.A. and uh, Napa on a weekly basis. I live in L.A. and all my operations are in Napa. So I've been okay. driving a lot. And um, the last 30 days, I've been to New York and I've been to Napa twice. And um, I'm in L.A. right now and I'm heading on the road tomorrow. So I have to ask you, because you're the only guest during this whole time that's been traveling. How is it? Because I believe so much it's in mindset. There's so much that has to do with mindset. Yep. Did you mind traveling? Well, here's the thing. I work with so many clients in a way <laughs> it's like so many diverse nationalities from all over the world 
all ah. over the U.S. And back in January, one of uh, one of my dear friends and client, um, he's actually from Wuhan, China, and was telling me about the virus. I started wearing a mask back in January 12th. People thought I was crazy. People, <laughs> I bet you they did. Um, you know, and then when the ban came out on, the th- on, I think early February, I didn't. I just embraced it even more. Yeah. And even when they declared, uh, you know, when they declared shelter in place March 13th, I traveled. Uh, I had to travel to New York from the 16th to the 20th, and I was that was like the beginning of. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I stay cautious all the time. Um, you know, always wearing a mask. Um, you know, always six feet away from people. I really don't need to get close to people. And when yeah. I travel <laughs> on airplanes, um, you know, the flight's been very empty before the mess started. It was yeah, like yeah. that in that way. Um, so plane's been empty. I. It's funny. I had a conversation during my last flight with the. Uh, a flight attendant because most of them are working very very low hours uh but this guy didn't he was telling me that they didn't cut he's he was been traveling throughout the entire time and you know he gets tested as i do yeah the other week and nothing is you know nothing's happening yeah. you know he's saying mean, he's been still negative yeah 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 well i'm glad to hear that malik that that makes my heart pitter patter all right Biggest question I have for you. I always ask people before my guests come on, send me questions. This is what this guy does. And you want to know the number one question, which I already know your answer, but I want to hear it. How much wine can I drink? I need a lot during this time, as Malik. What are what are the health benefits? I have, let's see, he, this dude has a bottle of wine a night. He, he wanted to tell you it's the small bottle, though, not the mega bottle. <laughs> so, you know, I, I've been in this industry. I've been tasting and drinking wine uh, before legal age in this country, before coming to this country. I don't want to say it this way, but uh, it was legal wherever I was. Yeah. I've embraced – I taste wine. I drink wine every single day of the year. Yeah, I mean, just 365, I taste wine. There isn't a day of the year I don't taste wine. But I do drink a lot of wine. Um, just my experience with it is I do the opposite of what most people do when it comes to drinking wine. Most people will start drinking at 5 o'clock, 6, 7 p.m. That's when they really start drinking wine. I actually start <laughs> drinking early. Like if I'm drinking, I may have two ounces here and there. I start tasting early in the morning. But if I really oh, okay. want to cherish something... Nine ten o'clock. I'm not drinking a glass. It's a third of a glass, and then a third yeah, of yeah. a glass at eleven, and then another one at one. And it, it, so basically, I have a glass of wine around all day, and I end up consuming a bottle, at least a bottle every single day by the by, you know, by five six o'clock. So I avoid yeah. actually drinking wine late at night because it jeopardizes my sleep and it jeopardizes my recovery, and then it screws up my next day. Uh, uh-huh. As long as I stop tasting or drinking early typically i wouldn't be drinking after eight o'clock unless gotcha. it's like a family thing uh but um yeah t- t- it's but o- you're sipping along the way you're you're not having like huge glasses of wine like you said starting at five o'clock well that's the thing if you start at 
let's say six or seven o'clock with a bottle and you finish it by 10, take that same bottle and instead of drinking it in four hours, break it down to eight hours. Yeah. And, you know, maybe add some club soda to it, make it a spritz or whatever, uh-huh. you know, so you get more back, more <laughs> back for your buck almost. And, you know, you enjoy it throughout the day. All right. So ladies, the one, the ones that wrote in, is it okay I start at 3 p.m.? I already know the answer. He said start earlier. <laughs> Just don't have a huge glass that you, you know, you're lying on the sidewalk. I know this is funny. My son, when he was a little kid, he's now 17, he saw Betty White having this huge glass of red wine. And, you know, she was in her whatever 90s. And he came running in with tears at his mom. He goes, Mom, you got to make your glass bigger. I want you to live long. And he would he brought me in this huge, huge, big water glass. He goes, you need to fill this up every single day, Mom. Betty White says so. And I said, okay, with me. Sounds good to me. But it was, you know, that was his perception of health. Now, I'm not saying I do that. But when I read this book, it was called The Blue Zone. And they say, how do people, you know, live so long? And what's the secret? And people just say I make it up. But it is community and belonging and all that. But they have wine every day, you know? Absolutely. I mean, wine has been around for so long. It has so many meanings from, you know, a religious biblical standpoint to health, you know, to the, to, to the, yeah. To yeah. the health uh, point of view and status for some people. For others, it's just, uh, you know, just a beverage, just like drinking uh, soda with food. Uh, yeah. yeah. It has so yeah. many meanings. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I mean, I just love it, and it's it, it is very social to me. It's it's something I really love to do with friends and family. All right, so before you got on, my husband was sending to me, "Oh my God, don't you remember?" And he was sending me all these pictures that we were, you know, this is a few years ago when we were out in Napa Valley. We went to an organic winery and we were blown away with the process. I mean, it takes forever. I don't know if you have it and I hope I'm saying it right. They had, Oh my God, I'm going to, I'm going to post some of the pictures. Do you remember the winery? He, he doesn't, but um, he's looking it up for me. I will post it, but they had an insectary and we have tons of pictures. I would love to post some of this with your podcast. We were, watching them they would go oh we have an you know infestation of this and they would go into their bug hatchery and get the right bug out now i don't know if that's what you do but this process was like all that for organic wine i mean is it that much more complicated well no i'll say most of the valley napa valley and sonoma um i'll say almost 99 percent plus it's um, you know, whether it's uh, Napa Green or certified organic by the state of California, CCOF, um, no one really, especially in Napa and Sonoma, no one is, you know, in a sense, not organic. Um, some people do prefer to have, a, you know, a biodynamic approach, meaning they, there are so many other, you know, there's many things that they apply to winemaking like they, they'll harvest during the full moon and you know there's yeah a cycle of the moon and whatnot but um it doesn't i don't think it necessarily changes the taste of the wine i think the, the oh you mean you sure you pick it during the full moon the, the taste of the wine changes mainly when you're really de- dealing with conventional wines wines that you find in every single uh 
uh, Costco across America, you know, wines that they make millions of cases of or hundreds of thousands of cases, those wines typically are uh, manipulated at, you know, not not in really not much in the vineyard, but more in the winery uh, where they may be adding chemicals and additives and all the nasty yeah. stuff that, that you want to, you don't want to know about. I don't want to know. And you know what? I went to walk around the wine store because I wanted to really be familiar with, you know, what wines they here they have here in the suburbs of Philadelphia. And I said I want the organic section. Like it was so tiny. It was the tiny section. They had I mean, and it's called total wine. So I want you to get a vision of how how many and there was just they're like that's it. I'm like that's it. You know, to get certified, it, it takes time, and for a lot of small people, it doesn't make sense because you got to pay for that too. Yeah, it's for most people is a way of life, especially if you're buying. The, the smaller the producer, the more boutique it is, the purer the wine is. Um, you know, it's not an exact science, but overall, um, like a rule of thumb, it's pretty much the smaller the producer the less nastiness there is in the wine. Yeah. So would you consider yourself a boutique now? What, what are you? Yeah, we are. Um, we, we, are, we kind of fill in big shoes for a boutique brand because um, Napa has 16 sub-AVAs, which is basically like neighborhoods or wine-grown regions. Mm-hmm. Um, as a wine-grown region itself, it has like 16 districts because every single one of them has a different climate, microclimates. Um, so they're kind of defined by, you know, it's deconstructed. And the French did that very well for many centuries with Bordeaux and Burgundy, how they they deconstructed their regions into villages. Um, we are one of the few wineries that are making wines from 12 uh, sub-AVAs of Napa out of 16 most most of wineries only have access to one or two vineyards gotcha all right so we have to shift gears here you know i'm a fitness person i've owned health clubs my whole life and i saw something here is this true you really are on the team um for uh, uh age groupers 30 to 34 um i train with uh i tra- my coach is a my coach uh, himself is an Olympian and um, uh, world champion, and um, I, you know, do camps with Team USA, and I do go represent the U.S. in the uh, wow. world championship for triathlon, aquathlon, and duathlon, which I qualified for last year and this year, but this year got canceled. Uh, everything's postponed. Yeah, next year, yeah. So automatically qualify for next year. Uh, but that's uh, you know you you do that by uh, uh, qualifying at nationals, qualifying yeah. to nationals, and then at nationals uh, qualify to to represent the U.S. So, what's your strength? What do you like the most? Um, I just like it all. You know, it just keeps me sane. Oh, do you? It do helps, you? Yeah, it balances my. You know, like I drink every single day, and I drink a decent amount of wine. Um, so I kind of have to work out every day and if i just did one sport i'll probably get bored over time so with triathlon you can never i mean you probably can but I, to me i doubt i will ever be able to master all three sports so as i get better at two i start slacking at one and then 
the cycle <laughs> goes on. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but yeah. Uh, I, I swimming is uh, it's my weak weakest sport, but I love it so much because when in the water, I don't have access to a screen or nobody's talking to me, so I'm only listening to myself and my own thoughts. Good point. It's like an hour of meditation, forced meditation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, cycling, I get to, I live in LA and I'm always on the road, so I travel with my bike and I get to see cities and always, uh, you know, always get on the bike and ride for miles and miles. And running, I love running. Just, uh, yeah. it's an easy think it's accessible almost for everybody um you know walk and running but really i run i don't walk so what's your the next question what is your routine for the week what do you do um i i'm I've, since i've since i've been a, a very young uh child since i was an infant i woke up early always early so i'm an early riser um Typically four, five, five, six a.m. on the West Coast. On the East Coast, it's around four, five a.m. And um, the first Ugh. thing, yeah, the first thing is um, the the main first thing is working out. Just uh, treating my body right is going for for a run or swim or a ride or stretching or something. And um, start tasting wine before breakfast. So I like to keep my palate every single day. I, I brush my teeth my teeth with the same toothpaste so like there's no i drink the same type of coffee when i drink it so i so my palate doesn't get um you know that doesn't get a uh, uh, jeopardized based on taste hmm. i never heard that yeah so every morning i taste a lot of wine yeah i spit a lot of it i mean most of it yeah. the good ones you know <laughs> All right, so no, you have, he's getting up at 4 or 5 in the morning, so then you're starting to drink by 9? Is that what you're saying? By before 8, I start tasting. Um, okay. If there is a good winner of the day, I'll probably sip half a glass. Uh, Ooh, I get it. The winner, if you love it. Okay. But again, it's just kissing the glass. It's not drinking it. It's really like reaching out to it, smelling it, you know. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Just said. <laughs> so you know what? I was watching you on that first Monday and how you drink wine, you would think after all these years, I would know, but can you, t I, so I started doing it and you're right. It tastes so much better. So can you please tell my listeners what you should do to drink a glass of wine and really enjoy it? Yeah. So drinking wine, I think, um, it's more about the, the pleasure of tasting the wine and, um, it's, it can be, you know, it can be a lifelong, um, journey of discovery because the more you taste it properly the more you'll get into it the more you'll want to discover it uh, and uh, so the the taste in wine really comes down to smelling it 80 percent of what we taste in wine is actually what we smell mm. our palates our tongue really uh, and mouth they 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 kind of taste sweetness bitterness sourness and um, saltiness some people they um, you know, they, they, with refined palates, I guess they can taste umami, which caviar and uni and other foods, you know, fancy. Yeah. Um, uh, you, you can taste it in a way. It's a feeling almost. But if, if tasting uh, the, 
fruit or tasting a, a spice or tasting um, a flavor in wine really comes from the nose. Uh, it's from that retro nasal uh, oxygenation effect that happens when you actually put the wine in your mouth. Mm-hmm. If you happen to open your mouth with wine in it, you don't have to put a lot of wine in your mouth or swirl it. Uh, what you do, you actually oxygenate it inside your mouth and that air goes to your nose and that's how you actually taste things. Mm. Um, not just mm. wine, most of things. I've done, um, I, I started doing them at very young age actually. I, I, I'll take friends and trick them. I, I, before I was 21, I would uh, blindfold friends and you know have other friends witnessing and I'll give them like a fruit I'll model a fruit like a blueberry or a raspberry or something and I'll have them close their nose and eat eat the berry or whatever I had orange juice sometimes orange juice literally and tell them to open their eyes and slowly open their nose and I'll be like what did you have and many times for orange juice you'll hear pineapple uh, you know apple cranberry and you're like I mean how can you not know orange juice and people make what do you mean orange juice it's um, yeah it's something I encourage people to try on their own or have somebody like um, if it's it's a kind of fun game whatever yeah I'm definitely gonna do that that sounds like fun so so you're telling me I can enjoy wine and not drink it? I just have to sniff it? <laughs> um, a lot of, I, you know, over time, <laughs> over time, yes, I find myself, my wife thinks I'm crazy and we, you know, and she's, like yesterday I uh, made a Malbec, uh, bottled it two weeks ago and I opened, you know, after it gets bottled, the wine gets kind of like bruised, shocked because it's been sitting in barrels and then you run it through the bottom of the line, fast speed, whatever. So I let it settle down in the bottle for a couple of weeks and I opened the bottle and uh, I was just smelling the wine for a good 15, 20 minutes and she's like, when are you going to start tasting <laughs> And she finished her glass already, and I wasn't mad at her, but I was like, really? You really have to drink that fast and not savor it? She's like, really? Yeah. 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 I'm going to try that. I mean, I do believe a lot of it is smell. I know my family, they're such picky eaters, before they'll even taste something, they sniff it. Matter of fact, I'm not going to make fun of them anymore, because they sit there and they sniff it for a few minutes before they'll eat it. I get it. I get it. fun part about wine is that once you start doing that more often, you're going to start getting aromas first of things that you smelled before uh, in your life. You're never going to smell, um, I don't know, um, some, some, some berry or some fruit or some, something that you've never encountered before. Most of the things that we actually smell are things that our uh, brains uh, picked up when we were between the age of five and seven or five and eight. You know, that curious age where you grab fruit, you smell everything as a... Yeah. Yeah, so um, a lot of that comes back with wine. And you, you'll you be surprised if memories come... come. You know, sometimes... I, I once smelled my uh, grandfather wooden box. Uh, old wooden box, when you open it, the smell that comes... Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to think about wine. Well, you know what? What I'm loving is you've been doing this for a while, and it sounds like you still get really excited about trying a new wine. Oh, every day, yeah. Like you get up and you're thrilled, like you can't wait, you know? And that to me is the best part. 
you know, the best part. So I want, you know, I want to tell them a little bit about your journey. Um, I know about it. I read about it. It's fascinating. And I, I'm definitely going to include some of it with the podcast. But my biggest question is, how do you go from being a med student to being homeless in New York? Like, what made you leave Morocco? Why? Well, I started school very young at the age of five. And everybody was seven. And over oh. <laughs> the years, I found that all my... I mean, I've always being surrounded by people that are older than me. And over time, I started becoming friends with people that are much older than my network. So I was friends with Generation X as a millennial uh, at a very young age. At 11, I was already really 16 or 18, and I was acting like it and behaving like it. Uh, I learned from older generation, I guess, or people that are before me from all ages. Um, I learned, I've, I've saw like things that they've done and learned from their mistakes almost that I realized at a young age that um, you actually can do it all. So I've played sports and trying to master sports, taekwondo and everything else I've done. Same thing with school and also be a bad boy on the side. But when I went to med school, it wasn't for me. It was more of like the traditional way. You got to be a doctor or a lawyer or you know, and I was forced to it, and I did really well that first year, but I got, um, I realized I wasn't happy, and I traveled a lot growing up as well, and I, I saw people that, you know, that, <laughs> I don't know, I saw, I saw very, a lot of happy people doing things that they love, whether <laughs> owning their own little shop, or, you know, literally baking bread or whatever. I've seen so many happy people through a lot, through, you know, at by that time already that I realized that I was going to be unhappy if I stayed in med school and I didn't want to do that. Um, so um, how did I get into the U.S.? Yeah, like what made you go, all right, I'm out of here. U.S., here I come. Yeah, so I tra- I grew up traveling all over Europe. Um, you know, growing up in Morocco is kind of like two and a half hours. You're in Paris, uh, an hour or forty five minutes. You're in Spain or less. Um, it, and my father uh, was a pilot, so we pretty much flew for nothing. Um, oh, okay. And I, and I had aunts in in Spain and Tunisia and. Uh, and uh, France, a lot of them lived in France. Um, so yeah. I had a lot of family that I've traveled throughout Europe at a very young age, all throughout Europe. And uh, I've never, I wasn't, I've never seen the state by the states by the age of seventeen. I've been to over twenty countries and not. Europe. Oh, okay. Um, I think, you know, I think it was just. You know, a lot of people ask me this question, and I really don't know the exact answer. I think I maybe watched a movie or something in New York, and then one day the idea was like, I'm going to New York. And everybody around me was just like, yeah, right. And I was like, I'm going to go, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to meet this guy and this guy, and you know, like, and I'm going to accomplish this and that. And then they were like, you're dreaming. You know, like, you're, yeah, everybody yeah. was whatever but um i accomplished i will say 90 percent of the things that i was saying um you know back then before the age of 30 yeah but like 
Did you know bringing only, like you said, $150 to the U.S. was not the way to go? Like, were you concerned that you didn't have enough money on you? Like, hey, Dad, I might need some extra. He was so against it, and I knew um, I kind of had a little rough childhood where I kind of raised myself from the age eleven to sixteen, and I was pretty much independent. Um, okay. Yeah, not having really parents around to. Um, <laughs> raise I was you. a very good student, so nobody ever questioned. Um, what was happening and I was really good at sports but when I went when coming to New York I or going to New York I knew almost that I had to throw myself in the fire and I knew that worst case scenario I wasn't gonna die worst worst <laughs> case scenario was not like I, w- I wasn't gonna die like no matter what will happen to me I'll just build up uh, build, build up on it as a foundation and I did exactly that in fact I Yes, I was homeless for six months, but it was by choice. Um, you know, by the third month, I could have had a room or rented a room or, yeah, rented a room. No more than that. I couldn't afford more than that, but I didn't. And I decided to, you know, live the lifestyle that I was living to keep saving money and, uh, you know, scratch off the first goal and move on to the next one. Yeah, you know, and I get it. I mean, I, I can... Uh, I can visualize you, you know, saying, you know, what's the worst case scenario? I can see it in my head, like, I'm not going to die. And I see that's one of your tips, like, tell yourself, what's the worst that can happen? Eh, not that. But still, in all, it sounded like you had a pretty nice lifestyle over in Morocco. So this was a huge change. Oh, yeah. I grew up, realistically, I grew up middle class. Uh, <laughs> you know, although my friends were from all social classes, But when I went to Africa, I mean, Africa, I am from Africa. When I went to West Africa, Senegal, um, I saw saw poverty that made Mm. bigger impacts on my life. And, (laughs) um, you know, you know what I realized back then? Um, One of the things I realized, I don't know why we're talking about this now, but I realized that people that have the least are the ones that were the most grateful and people that have the most are the ones that are not. And that I noticed it with um, Mm. people that I grew up with that had a lot of them had everything. And they, they, you know, I've known someone that committed suicide because just because he, he wasn't happy enough, although he had everything. And I saw people that um, literally ate um, three days left over out of the ground and that held on to life. And cherished it. So um, what, that that was probably one of the things that pushed me to uh, go to New York because I was like, well, I can, you know, and, and yeah. I don't know why it's not going to be yeah. as bad as here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. And uh, by the way, we're talking about it because that's what pe- my listeners want to hear. They this show is all about. You have two things. We want to inspire people. That's the number one thing. You want to inspire people, and I'm all about creating joy and pure joy. Emily, pure joy to me is exactly what you're talking about. Matter of fact, I was just on a a webinar last night and, you know, everyone says inside out, inside out. But when you're, when you're creating and your life depends on pleasing others and doing stuff for others or making that person happy or making the listener happy, you're always going to be disappointed. And my search has always been, is this bringing me not joy, but pure joy. 
And there's times I've done stuff that it wasn't. I know I just did it. You know what I mean? To make someone else happy. But once you know that feeling, and I can tell you do, you, that every day you wake up wanting that feeling. You know what I mean? And you, if you're off, you can tell you're off. And that experience you had, oh my, I mean, there's nothing like seeing it and being in it. You can't compare it to telling me, you know, what it's about, right? Wasn't that such a gift you got? Um, absolutely. I absolutely. And one, and I, I 100% agree with you. Um, it does come from inside out. But it's very important to, and it's really hard. You know, it's funny because you asked me about the last 30 days and I said enlightenment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because it's really hard, especially in 2020, to ignore the outside yeah. Yeah. noise. It's just like listening to ourselves. And maybe I'll go back to that one hour in the pool where I'm actually listening to myself brings me so much joy and happiness and makes me think differently because it's so hard nowadays. And I experienced it since, you know, since for, 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 you know, for many years, for many, yeah. many years is that the outside noise. It's like, whether it's people telling you things, is it that window that you have in your living room that tells you things or is it that your phone you know flashing things notification telling you things that they really don't affect you in any way um positively especially they don't add anything to your life most of the stuff that you hear about can't do anything about them and um you know like actually um making yourself as a person listen to yourself every day is 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 probably the hardest thing absolutely absolutely but you know what it sounds like you know the most important thing to i agree with you on so many points so we have so many common values here is that it's the little things that you do every day to nurture yourself and build self-confidence and how to block out the noise of what going on in life especially right now that you have to find something you enjoy to do, whether it's sitting there meditating or swimming. I'm a mountain biker. So a lot of people say, well, you can't meditate biking. I go, why not? You know, I'm in the mountains. Now in the Malik, I feel the moment. I sit down. Everyone calls, oh, God, she went to hug a tree. I do. I sit around the tree. Me and the tree talk. That's my meditation. But it clears my head. And I get to listen to all the stuff up there. And is it serving me well or not serving me well? And I think every single day you have to do that, whether it's five minutes or an hour, you know, you know, in some, some way. So I think it's incredible that you not only forget that you love the wine, but you're very fortunate that you also take care of your body. I mean, you get up early and that's the first thing you do. You take care of your body. But what do you think is the most difficult thing for you right now? Like, what would be your sticky wicket? If you were going to say, hey, Sandy, you know, in the last even six months, this has been the toughest thing for me to overcome. Um, it, it really, what we've been discussing, it's just um, I've been so good at it for so many years at ignoring everything mm-hmm. uh, not ignoring like I'll acknowledge certain things but again I have 24 hours in the day just like everybody else I'm trying to get my things done take care of myself and my family 
yeah first you know as everybody <laughs> and yeah then, yeah and then the community and then but um lately it's just being able to shut it all down because yeah. i know i know the next seven weeks especially from labor day to november november 3rd from every single side it's just gonna be you know it's it's ugly it's bad it's 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 all noise it's all there is nothing positive in it and most people already kind of made up their minds it's not like you're gonna influence anybody but it's just more from from all ends it's just more uh, more darkness that's why maybe yeah. I should say enlightenment this month <laughs> that's probably the <laughs> word um, yeah and um, I always try to um, I, you know, I wasn't born here, and um, I am, I'm, I'm a huge American in a way. Like, at this country, giving me everything, and the number yeah. one thing I cherish the most, I think that the number one, the best thing that I've ever gotten. Like, people can say, you know, you make a, you, you built a brand, and you sold it for hundreds of millions of dollars or whatever one day, whatever that is. Yeah, the biggest accomplishment for me was uh, becoming a U.S. citizen. You know, <laughs> becoming. Yeah. A, um, so this, this, these, like with everything that's happening, all I'm trying to do right now, the toughest thing is, um, continue to block it all out. Yeah. Live by my own values and trying to help everybody and, um, as mm. much as I can and yeah. respect everyone's opinion and, um, not, um, not defend anybody and not. Uh, attack anyone yeah yeah you know there was a you know I live in a really cool town and everyone I'm very fortunate most of the people are so friendly to one another and yeah we have opposing views but you know I love where I live and I feel very grateful and I love my country I love it but there was a guy walking down the middle of the road yesterday Emily all dressed in a flag and and carrying a flag over his head he was walking in the middle of the road and he's like, don't you love your country? And, you know, he went into his political beliefs. I'm like, I do. And, but I didn't want to get in an argument. I go, sure, I do. And my son said, what's up, mom? He's like, why don't you say something back and whatever? I said, honey, there's no point. But I love the world, too. Do you, you know what I mean? Like, I don't have that narrow view. I'm very grateful for my country. But, like, when they say we're all in this together, I, I have a more worldview, you know? I, I, I just can't be that narrow, you know? I'm sure you get it. Of course. I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm an American, <laughs> but I'm yeah. African at heart. It's, uh, yeah. you know, my, my I, I came from, you know, I spent half my life in, a, in one continent and the other half in the other. Yeah. Yeah. So I know you get it and it must be challenging at times. Okay. What has been the funnest thing that's happened to you? in the last six months? Honest thing, the last six months. It could be like yesterday, but just like what can you tell us that's been like, all right, saying this was really cool. Um, you know, I've, I did not stop traveling, especially in California between home and the office. It's 400 miles drive, the shortest way between literally door to door uh, from my place in LA to the winery is 400 miles and I've done it so many times and it's tiring typically but it was so energizing 
throughout the spring because I saw the cleanest planet I've ever seen. I know in my lifetime since I was born in the 80s, the planet has not been this that wasn't was not that clean. I mean, the sky was so blue. I mean, everything mm. was so different. I think, and the air tasted better somehow. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it was so much fun being um, outside um, when the streets were completely empty, and I was got to work out whether I run or bike safely, wearing my mask, and you know, um, yeah. traveling. Um, throughout places of uh, California, United States that were completely, completely empty and uh, see the cleanest planet that we would have I've ever, ever seen. I think that was did, fun. Did you take pictures? Do you take pictures? Oh, yeah. I took, um, I did a road, one of my uh, commutes, office commutes. I took the one, the Pacific one, Pacific Highway, coast oh, yeah, all yeah, the yeah. way up. Uh, from uh, LA all the way up to uh, Monterey, and uh, mm. I, I think I, I, I don't know. It's kind of weird to say this. I think I kind of cried of happiness a few times. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is so nice and refreshing to hear. You know, I have not been out this, this year, but it was a running joke for a while. Any of my close friends, once they got really close to me, they were moving to California. So I at least come out there twice a year because all my closest friends are everywhere spread out in California. I just love it. I mean, I don't think we'd move because I'm really happy here. But my favorite thing was riding in a convertible, you know, on the highway. I mean, oh, there's nothing like it, you know, and stopping at the little restaurants, eating outside. It was just so fun. And I was willing to pay the extra money for the convertible, Malik, because you had to do it that way, you know. It was so fun. All right. One little thing that you can tell us, it doesn't have to be big, that nobody might know about you. Okay. <laughs> or it could be anything that maybe people don't know this about you. Yeah. So um, just like I drink wine every single day of the year, 365, I work out every single day. I'll do some type of uh, physical exercise. Um, I take edibles every single day of the year. Um, so I don't smoke weed, but I love my edibles. I stopped taking them before uh, before nationals or world uh, championship because they test for that. Oh, uh, okay. It's a banned substance, but um, it doesn't really make you better at workout. probably slows you down. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, um, I kind of never get high, never get low, never get drunk. Yeah. Uh, never get sober. <laughs> <laughs> why not? Why edibles versus like I know um, the tinctures or pills? Like why edibles? Well, uh, when I say edibles, it's all of the above. Tinctures. Okay. Okay. The idea is you're not rolling a joint, is what you're saying. It's to actually yeah. control it and know exactly how much dosage I'm taking at a time. So it's yeah. more about uh, precision. I know what will kind of get me to that zone where I can block the noise for six hours and only and be very, very effective at my job or whatever I'm doing yeah. without being without losing control or without actually if anything I'm probably more sharp. Yeah, you know what, I have friends mostly in Colorado 
And they said it took them almost, I don't know if it did this, it took them almost six months to a year, some of them, to figure out the right thing for them. And it really helped, you know, some with anxiety, some with stress, some had infections and stuff, and they wanted to take, you know, heavy medicine, and they're like, they got off all the medicine, but they really had, it took a little bit of time. I don't know how long it took you to find out, okay, this is good for what I need to sleep. This is good if I'm feeling anxious. I mean, it was like a science project. Exactly, 100%. And, it, and it, everybody, it's not an exact science that I can tell you exactly what to have. Everybody has different, builds yeah. up different tolerances and certain strains do out of the, you know, do more to you than the mood they'll do to me. Uh, but uh, it took me about a year, yeah. and I've been on it now six yeah, years. See? Yeah, see, six years strong. Um, <laughs> it's every single day. I've, I've, you know, I try not, except uh, during like, uh, as I said, during races, race season, where I have to come off of it for a month, um, and I feel the difference. It's I it, it, I'm not making this up, but my favorite wine is always the one I have in my glass. It, it sounds shut up, really. I'm so glad you say that. The you know, I I just I feel always blessed just to have wine in my glass and be able to <laughs> okay. sip it and enjoy it. Um, I mean, there. So it doesn't matter. Dry, sweet, heavy, bold. You don't care. There is wine for every occasion. And there's really, there are wines that can be for all occasions. We actually try to do that every day when we're making wine. We're trying to make wines for all occasions. Uh, but, uh, it, you know, like it depends. You know, in the morning, I want a big Cabernet. You know? <laughs> and at night, towards 5, 6 o'clock, maybe I want like a little light rosé. Um, some people may do the opposite. May start with a yeah. white wine and rosé, move to red. I, you know, it's it depends on the time of day, depends who I'm with, depends on the mood, depends on a lot of things. So you were drinking a rosé when I was watching you, and I was always under the impression rosés are sweet. Is that not true? No, rosé, um, rosé. The word rosé just means pink in French and uh, the, 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 the assumption that you have is based on a lot of the pink wines that were sold in the US for decades were white Zinfandel that were sweet wines um, and then dry rosé made its way to the US it was always here but it kind of went mainstream started going mainstream mainstream about seven years ago and it it's still peaking, but I will say it's kind of like it reached the, the the real peak was about three years ago, and everybody's like, oh, you know, everybody had rosé at some point, uh, or most people like tasted it or saw somebody knew somebody that was drinking rosé. Uh, no, most rosés are actually dry. Um, the level of sweetness it varies. You'll never know. But also, most of the time, you wouldn't know about rosé. You wouldn't know what grapes it is made of. Because rosé, again, just means pink in French, just like white means blanc. 
So imagine okay. us running around, ooh, I'm drinking blonde, blonde, blonde. People look at you, you're drinking white wine. You're drinking white wine, so what? So like the same thing with rosé. A lot of people are like, I'm drinking rosé, but it's actually blend, most of the wine, especially the, the most of rosé, especially the one that comes from south of France or Europe, typically it's a blend of three, four grapes. So you don't actually know the varietal. That's why they just oh, call okay. it pink wine. Um, yeah, but... Um, yeah, no, not all roses are, are sweet. Most of them actually are dry. There you go. All right. I don't think, I don't know how I'm going to answer this. How much do I, this gentleman, we'll call him Billy Bob, and I'll give the real names. 45 from Massachusetts wants to know, how much do I have to spend to get a good bottle of wine? I don't know how you answer that. Um, you you know, there is a lot of crappy wine out there. All due respects, I'm not going to throw names that, that, wholesales i mean retails for 50 60 100 plus a bottle because there is a nice photo on the label or there is some nice art on the label and there's excellent wine for 15 dollars or even less that whether it's made here or south south america or south africa or whatever wherever in the world um some of the best wines you can buy for the money are actually uh you know uh Argentinian or Chilean, and of, of course, a lot of local wines. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there is wine made in all 50 states in the United States, um, and uh, there is, in my opinion, there is pretty decent wines everywhere. So, um, what you want to spend in wine is your own discretion. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like you're saying, just because he bought a bottle of wine for $15 doesn't mean it's crap. No, a lot of it, there is, it's marketing and it's yeah. cool label and it's, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's like everything else. Yeah. So does organic cost more? Um, no, not necessarily. There are a lot of, okay. if you want certified organic wine, um, a lot of it is already, they just don't have it on the label. And your wine shop, local wine shop, will absolutely guide you through it. But if you want certified organic on the label, Bonterra, for example, makes one in California from organic, certified organic grapes. They put it on the label. They have the certification on the label. And it's, I think, under 15, it's around 15, 20 bucks max. Got it. All right, Malik. How can they find your wine? Because I know I got frustrated. I went to the wine stores. How do we get it in Philadelphia? Um, so thevicewine.com. Okay. We ship uh, nationally almost to not almost to every state. We ship to every state that is legal, which is uh, over 40 states. Um, and uh, yeah, thevicewine.com. All right. Is there anything they should start with? Like do you, when you go on, like is there a special pack or, hey, start with a variety? Uh, there are. We have combo packs, discovery combo packs. So basically they come with a three Cabernets or like a Rosé, Sauvignon Blanc, and a Cabernet. Um, so do we have combo packs. If you don't want to do combo packs, you can uh, shop by the bottle, literally by the bottle. And uh, most okay. importantly, when you go to check out, Type in Vice VIP so you can get 25% off. Oh, cool. All right. Anything we didn't get in, Malik, that you want to say to my listeners? 
Um, thank you for listening. It's really an honor. It's really an honor um, speaking to so many of you. And um, thank you for listening to me. I hope that my um, thoughts, my story, my opinion will uh, inspire you at some point. Um, and if you have any questions about wine or any about sports or any, anything, you could, uh, you know, you could. Um, uh, get in touch with me on social media, and I'll uh, get back to you immediately. Oh, you will. That's good to know. That's very good to know. Hey, Malik, I just got a last question. What, they want to know this. What is your favorite color? Wow. <laughs> hey, listen. Wow. Uh, this feels like date night back in 1994. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite oh, wow. color? Uh, in what? To where? To um, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have, have that, that information. information. <laughs> What's color? I I like I don't know I like a lot of colors, but uh, I think I like olive green. Ooh, right now go. I'm feeling like olive green um, as we're gonna be heading toward fall soon. There you go, olive green. All right, Malik, it's been fun. Guys, I highly recommend the wine. It's delicious. You're going to love it. Have fun with it. Try some of the tips he told you about it. And let it inspire you to do something you love. You know, may not be opening a winery, but don't let it stop you. I mean, listen to his journey and take risks. And it's the little things that you're going to do every day. And as much as possible. We all could take Malik's advice of finding ways to block out the noise from sabotaging your daily life, especially for your long-term term goals. And until next time, you know what I'm going to say. Toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.